Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. I am one of your humble, recently deceased hosts, Jumpy. And I am joined by the caretaker of my final resting place. Rip. Get it? Mm-hmm. Best name for somebody who watches Graveyard, if I ever heard one. <laughs> Today we are covering Netflix's Cabinet of Curiosity, Episode 2, Graveyard Rats. And this show is turning out to be really, really fun. This episode was super scary to me. I liked it overall. <laughs> I think Guillermo del Toro is doing God's work by making this show and keeping Netflix alive. And for sure, we're not getting a season two because he made it with Netflix. <laughs> oh, Jumbi, I have I have a rant for you on Netflix's decisions because I had just finished 1899, a show where, Mistake. I was, where I was like, hey, we should probably do that for this podcast that we do mm -hmm. because we do horror, anything of that genre of horror. And I would argue that mystery tension falls into that category, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well... We decided not to do it because we knew that Netflix canceled that series. But I was like, you know what? Yet, yet we did this show. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's let me check it out anyway. So I checked it out, and I I got to the end, and I once again am angry at Netflix. You caught Rip at a tie where he is angry again at Netflix. So I will take this opportunity to say, bring back Archive Eighty One, damn it. There's still mm -hmm. time. And change your dumb, oppressive policies because Rip's password doesn't work anymore and I can't watch Netflix. <laughs> that was you? <laughs> it was because of Netflix. Let's see. Midnight Club, we didn't get that season two. No. I'm, I'm in some, like, I'm really happy because I feel like I watched season two of Midnight Club mm -hmm. because the director did beat for beat what he was going to do. Yeah. And I read that, but then it, sometimes I think, man, it would have been great to watch that instead of just imagine it. But it, it I, overall, I'm happy I got a. I feel like I didn't get a cliffhanger like Archive Eighty One because mm -hmm. he did that. Matt, what I would give for them to do that for eighteen ninety nine. Be great, yeah. But that's not Mike Flanagan. He's not somebody who really gives a shit about their fans. <laughs> I I like really love mike flanagan just for doing that alone that yeah. made me so happy which has me excited for the fall of the house of usher with mike flanagan i'm in he he gets a automatic watch as far as phantoms are concerned but i think i think that'll be his last one we'll see but he's definitely going over to amazon is that gonna be in netflix yeah he's going to amazon yeah but that'll be his last one on netflix after that, and after Stranger Things, I'm sure everyone's out of Netflix. They're just like, done. <laughs> I don't know. They actually, subscriptions have gone up a lot since the whole crackdown happened. It's a big mistake by everybody. Well. Instantly paying for it and making them feel like they made the right decision. <laughs> I feel like you're going to see a small increase of everyone like, damn it, knocked by my own account. And they do. And then people leaving. Yeah. After they realize they don't have much. <laughs> uh, the beautiful thing about this series, Cabinets of Curi Curiosity, 
is that oh, every episode it's an episodic anthology right or it's an anthology rather so every episode is unique we don't need to follow what happened before i believe we could cover them out of order if we felt like it we could we could but we're not <laughs> no because then that'll be too much work because then we have to remember which one we didn't watch and all that stuff <laughs> which one we skipped yeah the also good thing about anthology series is if you don't like an episode it's fine because there's no there's no need for any of the other episodes to be anything like the one you just watched so you could just move on right, and give like, the next one a chance so it's it's fun i like it that's what made Junji ito so palatable to me it did yeah because Junji did have a few misses but i could just move on and keep <laughs> going and then i get some some pretty good ones along the way yeah ice cream ice, ice cream, cream. Ice cream. Yeah. What I do hope, though, is that in these, there's more varied um, villains in this show, and it's not always tied to a demon. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping they don't always do demon. Like, it's fine. That's an easy thing to do, but I don't want every bad thing to be a demon. <laughs> well, I I like the fact that well, we'll talk about that soon because I I have a theory to throw at you, and I want to see if you. How you feel about it? But before we get there, um, this is an, another uh, main character where we're not really rooting for him. The last one and the other episode kind of paid. He was just—I don't want to say bitter old man because he wasn't that old, but he definitely mm-hmm. had uh, a lot of anger within him. Uh, this character is like the complete opposite. He is. He has the gift of gab. He can talk your ear off about anything because he's just very well well read, a very well-spoken individual. But that doesn't mean he can't get himself into any shenanigans now and then. And his name is Masson or Mason. I probably forget mm. it. Masson. Uh, he's but, played by a British, British-born but Canadian actor, which is why he's so good. Named David Ian Hewlett. Hewlett? I want to say Hewlett, but I can't pronounce that. Hewlett? I don't know. No way. <laughs> that sounds that sounds right. Hewlett. But, yeah. um, but I thought he was played by the guy who played Frasier for the longest time. <laughs> like he was a little too young, but he looked like Frasier. He had like a like Frasier-esque. Guy. Yeah, like he had a Frasier vibe. Sideshow Bob. Not the character, but the voice. <laughs> Um, the, the he did an excellent job with somebody that like mm-hmm. you felt more pity for, you know. He's like a lovable scoundrel. Well, not even lovable because I didn't really love him. He was like a scoundrel. Yeah, you know, like like a low life. If I, you've met him the first time, you might feel bad for him. But if you've met him a bunch of times, yeah, you'd hate him because you know his game. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt bad for him in the beginning, but towards the end, I was just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I just. I would rather I want him to succeed, not because I want him to succeed, because I just feel bad for him. You know, like just in all every time there's a storyline like this. So like we're gonna tell you a brief overview of the plot in a second, but like whenever there's a storyline where a I owe money to this mafia, mm-hmm. and then the guy has to do something outlandish and ends up dying. Mm-hmm. 
I just wonder, okay, so what does the mafia do? They look for him. They can't find him. They assume he's dead and they move on. Why don't you just fake your own death <laughs> and move every time you owe the mafia anything? Most likely. Well, I mean, that would, that's what they always used to say in those movies. Like, hey, you owe this guy money. You better get out of town. But the problem is if you owe somebody money, chances are you don't have money to just pick up your stuff and go. I know, but it's your life. I don't know. Hitchhike. <laughs> Hop on a boat. Oh, and then God forbid, uh, like, um, cause you don't know who works for the the mafia, right? So God forbid mm. you go into, go somewhere and somebody knows that you're leaving town, trying to skip town, and all that stuff. It's all there, but clearly he. Well, he have... was, he was being monitored, when he tried to leave town, not leave town, but. Wait, no, that wasn't this episode. Never mind. No. This is a. Uh, this is also somebody um that owes money to uh to somebody that will end their life if they don't pay up yeah in the last episode we had that in this episode we had the same theme there's also like some kind of evil demon involved in some way yeah so they both felt like different episodes they felt like different things entirely which i like Mm -hmm. i'm just like curious if is it supposed to be the same demon is it just a coincidence that we got two similar plots in that regard, like two similar driving actions? <laughs> and if it is the same demon, I would like to know so that I don't think, oh, they're just doing the same plot. And it's more like, oh, this is the connection between each story. Yeah. But I don't think they're doing the same demon. This, these two just happen to have the same driving force behind them and somebody owing money. And I. Like, would you call him a demon? I felt like this. It was a demon. It was. I think it like worked through rats and stuff. Nah, I. Mm, I don't even. Also, there was a dead body that reanimated. I mean. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about the. The, the corpse that came back to life as the demon. No, I mean I think the demon's power brought the corpse back in this episode. Mm, Okay. Okay. I mean, he was games. wearing he was wearing the pendant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. basically, the overview for this episode: Mason, this scoundrel, mm-hmm. right? He is living in Jack the Ripper times, is what <laughs> I would imagine, because I didn't get an exact date, but it looked like that. If you know when time period Jack the Ripper was, it's that time. Um. Or Sherlock Holmes times, if you want, but not the modern one that takes place in modern day Britain. Obviously, the older one where it's set way back when in England. Like Lovecraftian times. The sure. Doctor- if you didn't know Sherlock Holmes time, but you did know Lovecraftian times, that would help. <laughs> uh, I, that'd be very surprising to me if you're like, I've heard of Lovecraft. Well, who is this Holmes person? You speak of? <laughs> um, yeah, he lives by the docks. Mm-hmm. He um. He's a scoundrel. He doesn't have much money. He lives in a rundown apartment next to a bunch of ladies of the night. Mm. So he's he's content with his life, but he's not living a very nice life. And he said that like his family used to be of importance. They used to be wealthy, and they aren't anymore. And I feel like that's another person that we could put the point the finger at as why they're not wealthy anymore. He probably drank and gambled uh, most of their fortunes away. Yeah. And he seems all... like the type to not take responsibility for that. 
You may be falling for his tricks, though. What if he's just lying? Mm, I don't know. I used to come from money. Like, maybe he didn't. Because he... Maybe his mom is right across the hallway from him. Because the reason he's getting, like, all these favors is because when he was wealthy, he... um. He used to do other people favors, and those are the favors that he's calling back on. Especially the, what's that called? The, um, the coroner, or not the coroner? The coroner's assistant, whatever you want to call him. That interaction didn't read to me like, um, like, hey, when I was doing good, I did favors for you. That just meant to me like, hey, I did favors of a less scrupulous kind for you. Like, I got you out of a pinch in this situation, or I helped you break the law in this way like i didn't really i didn't take that as mm-hmm. when i was rich i got you out of trouble I'm, I'm almost certain he said that to the to the fisherman to the or like yeah the fisherman slash dude i think i'm pretty sure he said something along the lines like oh yeah like when we were wealthy we've helped you guys out you know mm-hmm. and this has all happened because he he uh he, he owes money for a card game that he lost mm not anymore <laughs> so i mean yeah you're yeah, right he, it could he's be a, all one big he could he probably he could just be like i don't know who knows hmm. i mean somebody in the in the who owns a graveyard i guess could have had money in the past that's what it feels but, like but like he's also in the business of robbing all the graves he has so i don't know and and his gift of gab like justifies what he's doing. He's a very religious person. Sure. And yet... sure, Jan. I don't know about that. Well, okay, he acts like a religious person, but he he knows the Bible. Yeah. 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 He knows the Bible. There you go. Perfect. He knows the rules that he's breaking. Yeah. So yeah, he hides behind religion when he's scared. When he's not scared, he's breaking all the laws, busting open um, graves in his company. Like he he runs the graveyard, he busts open graves when everything's said and done, steals whatever he can and sells it, even teeth, especially teeth. Yeah. Gold fillings are his bread and butter. And this is very a very gross thing to do, but you know I felt a little better about it after I realized that this graveyard has a rat problem somehow, hmm. and these rats were injected with like mole blood because they dig under the ground, make this big giant tunnel system <laughs> and they steal the bodies almost instantly yeah. to the point where if you dig up the body and open it, there's no body there anymore. So like, <laughs> I guess I'm less mad at him because I'm like, well, he's stealing from these bodies, but they weren't going to be left alone anyway. Yeah. They were going to be eaten. So I guess <laughs> this is better. <laughs> there's no, there's no right in this. It's like two wrongs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's still wrong overall if you yeah. think about it morally. I just like I feel better about it knowing that yeah. they're just gonna be gone anyway. <laughs> Which sucks, but yeah, he. I guess you can call the rats another, another set of grave robbers in this. I like that, <laughs> but they yeah. So he he finds through his connections he finds and he forced this by the way he didn't just it didn't fall on his lap he just like he saw a hidden figure and it turns out to be a wealthy um wealthy person of imposition 
and he decides to take advantage of this. He's like, I can pay off my debts because this this dude's gonna be buried with his medals, his sword, Price's sword, all these things that he could just not only just pay off his debts to uh, the mob, but even probably just win them over <laughs> with it, just buy their love. Um, yeah. But as soon as he opens the the grave, he sees the body being dragged out into a tunnel system. A rat tunnel system that he described earlier in the episode to this uh to one of the loan sharks and the way he was the, talking made it sound like he was he made the whole thing up. The, the, now obviously when he finds this tunnel system, mm-hmm. he goes in there to get his big score. But the episode does a really good job at making you understand and like reminding the audience that it's this or death. Like he needs to get this score or he will be killed by the mafia people. Yeah. So if they didn't do that, I'd probably be on this podcast right now bitching about how stupid it is that he went inside the grave. I still think he should have just left the country (laughs) or left the town, but I understand why he was so desperate. Yeah. And he, and he described this tunnel system earlier, like, oh yeah, it wasn't. It's not just the rats who did this tunnel. The, the rats he described as coming from a different country. They're not native to this place. They, they're not just regular rats. They're immigrant rats. Ah <laughs> oh, no! Ah fear, and fear mongering. He, how they built up this tunnel system, and in the old days when they're going after the black churches, they found uh a tunnel system underneath where everybody lives where they these are churches that practice black magic by the way just so you know thank you (laughs) (laughs) they could have been going after i mean you don't know uh yeah uh, i'm I'm pretty sure from the context clues that it was churches that practice black magic yes you're absolutely correct in fact i don't even know cult-like churches the cult the cult that's that's what we would say to be more clear but (laughs) they didn't say that in the episode they said black churches which is vague so this this witch cults or this of the dark arts they had this tunnel system where they used to practice orgies and do all this sacrilegious stuff and it's oh my Uh, god gross it's like a growling rat robbing graves or something it's disgusting exactly so and in his journey inside this cave and this tunnel system, he's proven right. He he follows the corpse, he's trying to get the sword, and he stumbles on to like just a system of rats, different tunnels, and eventually he gets face to face with a giant rat. I'm talking like this is a rat that you can't just shoot to kill it. You have to fight it with your bare hands. You have to choke it out. Like you could do jujitsu on this. This is a, a human size rat. Yes. At least a human size rat. This thing will take you down. And the best part about this whole encounter, the horror that comes out of it, is the claustrophobia. Because oh. he's crawling through these tunnels that are just big enough for him to crawl through. And before I saw this big ass rat and I only saw these little rats, I was like, okay, well, he's going to get eaten by little rats, but why are these tunnels so big? Yeah. Maybe, maybe to drag the corpses, but they still don't need to be this big. (laughs) 
And then I saw the big rat, and I was like, oh, he's doing this shit. Yeah. It's Big Ben. Gonna kill everybody. <laughs> um, you ever see that horror movie? No. I think it's like Big Ben or Old Ben or something like that. It's like it's like about rats. It's disgusting. Yeah. And this guy who's like super in love with rats. <laughs> well, our trusty boy, Mason, or Mason, mm-hmm. he brought a gun, and he tried to shoot the rat, the big rat, but that, didn't, that just angered it. Um, he also shot his foot at one point. Yeah. He, uh, and then as he's crawling through the tunnel system, he just fall, uh, running away, trying to get away from this rat. He falls into a pit of just skeletons. But he really knows how to make lemon into lemonade because all he sees are just trinkets, rings, necklaces, things he could just sell. And he even rich. finds the big score he was looking for this fancy sword that's already been left there because i guess the body and clothes have already been devoured yeah that was fast i mean the the amount of rats that live there i would it wouldn't surprise me let's pick clean quick yeah so one thing that they don't do in movies that i'm kind of okay with them not doing because it'd be gross but like the skeletons are always like bleach white (laughs) yeah It would be stained red, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't work. I don't know because I don't. I don't see a lot of dead bodies. But <laughs> was it? Um, but he he goes up and his greed gets the better of him because he sees a necklace that Gilmuller Toro warned us about in the beginning of this episode. But he sees it on. Can a, we talk about how fun that is? Or he just canters out real slow in his nice little suit he looks yeah. so cute and he's like hey everybody <laughs> i'm gonna scare the shit out of you today yeah it's it's was great. that rat mostly practical what do you mean the big rat because mm-hmm. guillermo del toro like part of why i like his movies is he tries to go practical as much as he can it looked practical it felt like a like yeah this rat felt like something from the um something real yeah like like something you would see in Are You Afraid of the Dark with a little mm-hmm. bit more budget. But yeah. the, the the rats were definitely CGI. Can't this whole show feels like Are You Afraid of the Dark with more budget. Yeah. <laughs> and like less kid stuff. Yeah, it's just Del Toro saying the stories, not nobody else. <laughs> I just really hope they change up the formula a little bit. If the next one's like, and he owes money to the wrong people, and then he discovers a demon. I'm gonna start to get a little more sour. <laughs> maybe right should. now I'm okay with it. It's only been two, but maybe we should uh, go around and pick a different episode from the well, list. Well, I mean, if he lined them up like that, he's like, "These seven are grave robbing. <laughs> um, I owe money to the wrong people." Episodes, and I mess with a demon. <laughs> yeah, then I'll be upset. So he messes with in a way. Demon. Actually, sorry, in a way. The last guy was also grave robbing. Yeah. Because, like, he's robbing their story. Like, it's the same. Yeah. There's so many parallels. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just the, literally the main characters are just different. One's super angry. The, the other dude's just pathetic. Mm-hmm. And he has that gift of gab where he can talk your ear off. And uh, he can't talk his way out of this situation. But <laughs> he sees this nice little trinket on this skeleton that clearly looks like the priest of a cult. Then you shouldn't touch it. Well, I mean, shouldn't be in this situation anyway. But he could have just got the sword and found his way out. But he didn't. He wanted to get as much as possible. 
and the entire time he's just um just using religion to forgive himself for doing this so it's very like i'm going to sin please forgive me i'm going to sin please forgive me and that's and that's it so he's not using the religion as an excuse but it's just like kind of is like a clear conscience thing it's like oh but i asked god for forgiveness and i'm still here he's using it the wrong way it's like i can go to confession so i'm just gonna do a whole bunch of bad shit yeah. like you can't do that that's not how it's supposed to work <laughs> it's supposed to be like you're trying to be good you're gonna fail because you're human and that's okay. And then once you do fail by accident, like or like because you had a weak will, you go and ask for forgiveness and try to do better. You, there has to be the actual sadness about what you did yeah. and then the effort to do better next time. If that's not there, then you're wasting your time. This dude does not feel sadness for what he is doing. No, he doesn't. He's a little scoundrel, a little <laughs> scamp. So he, he gets, he wakes this this corpse up right and Ooh. he come it starts chasing him and he's trying to look for a way out and they like they get into a fight like the thing's trying to bite him and it keeps telling him it's mine it's mine it's mine obviously referring to a necklace and you know he kind of follows the rule that brenda set up in scary movie 2 when it's just a skeleton you can kind of just beat the shit out of it, do whatever you want, because it's a skeleton. So he throws it off, and it's like half a corpse, it's the upper half. He throws it off, but like it looked like it took a lot more strength than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> so they uh, he, he crawls his way to like. Also, like he gets bit by it, by yeah. its jaw muscles. <laughs> that would have atrophied. I mean, have you ever not moved for a long time, <laughs> or come out from like a coma? They're not hurting anybody. <laughs> so, as he's getting, as he's crawling up, he gets caught in the middle between the skeleton coming up from from where he came from, and the rat shows up at his only exit. So now he's just like holding the sword, trying to figure out what to do. He ends up loosening a rock, but that doesn't do anything on time. He gets a sword. And he's pointing it at the rat. They face off. And then at the last second, when the rat comes to tackle him and he drops a sword, he pulls a vine and the rock comes crashing down. Kills the fat rat. Kills the rat, but also causes a a, a blockage in the tunnel. So now this um, this he was, entity can't go and get him. He was really not concerned enough about how he's going to get out of there because theoretically there's one exit yeah because he can go into whatever crypts he wants but there's no way out of that crypt so right. the only one is the one you came from i would have left a string or breadcrumbs or something to find my way out of there hmm. he was not concerned about that at all i guess it was the desperation driving him he didn't think he'd go that deep yeah and then um Eventually, from where the queen rat was from, he sees a light, and he starts following that light, and he's thanking God. He gets stuck in between there. He starts begging God. He's like, Jesus, if you let this, let me through, I'll be your, your devout employee. I'll do whatever. I will always follow you to the end of time, nonstop. And he gets through, and he's going closer to the light. And as soon as he gets to the light, it's actually 
the reflection of the light he's holding on a uh what's that called the the top of the coffin he just came from where it says here lies wherever may he rest in peace so he's was it the same one you think yeah so he actually made it back to the right one just somebody yeah filled it i I, somebody had closed it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he works in a graveyard so somebody probably saw it open closed it and then put the or something or maybe the wind shut it and I just thought somebody else had the same kind of title thing in their grave. <laughs> but, I mean, that could be true. But, like, how many... But it probably isn't. You're probably right. It's just, like, who closed it, man? Yeah. Uh, One of the rats. So he starts freaking out, and all of a sudden, a bunch of rats just start swarming him, and they just get in and start biting him and he starts screaming and it cuts and then we see two grave robbers grave robbers are in there earlier in the episode uh but they open the the coffin they find Masson. he's just staring at them he's like hey is that the guy from earlier well, he's the clearly head? dead yeah and he's wearing still wearing the necklace but all of a sudden his mouth opens and a rat comes out and then it's we disgusting. see a bunch of rats come out of them. Disgusting. They come out of every orifice. His eye pops out. It's disgusting. Yeah. And that's it. Good story overall. Compelling. Um, interesting lead character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that they haven't made anyone likable or whatever. Because that always hurts when they try to make them too likable. And then bad things happen to them. Yeah. But they also didn't make them so repellent that i don't want to watch them you know like they're doing a great job at that so um so yeah it was it was really interesting um Mm -hmm. i i liked it i thought i liked it a lot i I, I like both episodes so far yeah i really was exactly what you said i just couldn't stop looking even when i got kind of like Ew, rats. I still watched. I was like, I got to see what happens. I was not like that. I was like, ew, yucky, looking away a lot. <laughs> I think even if the show stays like this and they keep um, doing similar similar plots mm-hmm. over and over, it's going to be a great show. But selfishly, I, I, I kind of want them to throw a curveball and have something completely different. For one of the episodes you know like it's not a demon it's like a, a murderer or just a slasher just just cuz <laughs> or something like that so i have a i have a theory for you that i've read okay. i don't well we'll talk about it but do you think this actually happened what the black cultist thing no like him going into that tunnel and then it, having that entire adventure yeah. Otherwise, or, he just dropped dead. Or was it in his mind the entire time? No, I think it happened. Yeah, because there's a theory yeah. that it just got really weird that everything that he said and described was accurate. There was a, there was a cult, there was a monster rat, there was a, a sophisticated tunnel system there, and 
what else um i think we can you can you can always make whatever theories you want fit mm-hmm. to the best of your ability if you want to imagine it but the fact that the two young grave robbers discovered him mm-hmm. dead in the same coffin seemingly the same coffin wearing the pendant of the cultists and having rats coming out of his body makes me feel like everything happened because I don't see another way for him to get that pendant on and rats filled within his body being stuck in that thing. Hmm. Unless we invent a whole different story. But then at that point, are we really, (laughs) (laughs) is it really part of the plot? Yeah. Uh, And it's mostly based off of um, the, the, the vision he had when he was in bed where he saw a rat tail and he pulled on it and it's just a bunch of rats fell into yeah. his uh, I his think bed. that was his faith warning him maybe I don't know but he, he he didn't heed the warning so that that's true because he was reading the bible right I, I believe in bed right mm-hmm. so it may yeah. have been uh his god warning him hey don't <laughs> hey this is as clear a message as possible He's like, please let this go right, and he showed him a vision of it going absolutely wrong, and that's how exactly how. I, I like that, I like that, mm-hmm. Jumby. Good, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, excited for the rest of the series. Um, I wouldn't change a thing in these episodes, so I'm not even mm-hmm. going to bother. With yeah, I wouldn't that. change anything either. Del Toro knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Just, I hope the next episode is not somebody who owes money and then uh, ends up pissing off another demon. I hope so too. I would like a variety. I just don't want demons every time. Yeah. Or at least a different type of demon. You know, not this weird squiggly um Cthulhu demon. <laughs> Cthulhu demon. Unless it's a through line. Like I've said, like I don't know what's going on yet, so maybe I'll end up liking it. It's just unless it's supposed to be the same demon each episode, mm-hmm. I want them to change things up. If it is supposed to be the same demon each time, I'm also okay with that. I just didn't know that. Yeah. I That'd be cool. Like, you give a set of writers, like one specific demon, like, demon, yeah. and, a, and like a a quick synopsis, like, hey, somebody owes somebody money, and mm-hmm. they can't pay it, so they have to do something, and mm-hmm. this is what they ha- this is who they end up fucking with. If that was a prompt, then yeah, I'd still be interested. I'd be like, that's cool. I just kind of need some clarity on what's going on here. Yeah, Even if he's just like, here's the bad guy. This is his power set. Come up with the story, each of you. Yeah. Which also would be cool. But... No, we'll see. We'll see what the next episode brings us. But we'll get a better idea of the trend with three <laughs> episodes instead of two. <laughs> well, with that being said, any last words, Jumpy? Rest in peace, or else. Rest in peace, or else, indeed. With that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow. Anything to show us that you love us because we love you. And for those who have already like, subscribe, and follow, we say thank you. You're doing the Lord's work. That was supposed to be a pun. <laughs>